Okay, so we're just going to get right into it. Are you ready? This is our last sermon on none but Jesus. So this is it in the series. And then um, we're going to take a, a little break. Um, thinking about what to do in the fall. Um, maybe judges. We tend to go back and forth. New Testament, Old Testament. So I think Old Testament, I'm kind of leaning towards judges. We'll see if that confirms. But that's where we're heading. So here's, here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think that you're a king or a queen, right? You're a king or a queen, uh, and you love your kingdom, the people, your people. You love the land, your land. Uh, your kingdom is invaded by a, a hostile enemy, an undefeated horror, a dark power. Initial reports are absolutely devastating. You hear reports of death, destruction, desolation. Uh, the reports are, no one survives. Everything has turned to ash wherever this army has gone in your kingdom. But you're a good king. You're a good queen. So you ride toward the darkness. You ride to meet the enemy. But you never had a chance. Your army is absolutely obliterated. Uh, all your officers, your most loyal and beloved friends, butchered. No one survives. No one except one. And he was with you the whole time at your side. He's, he's your most valiant warrior. He's your most trusted and loved military advisor. The last words on this earth, you speak to him. people and he runs he runs for home the watchmen on the city walls they, they see him running and they know it's not good news they can tell by his gait he does not have beautiful feet they open the gates and he comes running into the city and he's breathless and his, his voice booms he yells, he shouts, archers on the wall, cavalry at the west gate, infantry on me. Fight for your lives. Fight for your lives. Uh, everyone today, everyone in the church and everyone outside the church in our culture and Everyone in our homes and our marriages and in our parenting and at school and in our careers and our workplace and when we go to HEB, we're all fighting for our lives. The world today is fighting for its life. This is why we're so anxious. This is why we're so mentally ragged. Fight for your lives. This is why we formally profess and sing and counsel each other and tell the world God loves you but we don't feel it. We don't feel it in a way that it actually makes a practical difference in our lives. It makes a practical difference in how we're thinking, a practical difference in how we're feeling, a practical difference like not thinking so much of ourselves. 
It doesn't make a practical difference like it keep us from seeking love in all the wrong places. I mean, God's love doesn't hit us in such a way that I, it keeps me from going to find love in all the wrong places. <clears throat> it doesn't keep us from running scared. It doesn't enable us to disagree and still be friends. Fight for your life. This is why our relationships turn bitter, right? I mean, think about it. We, we all begin our relationships with such high hopes. We begin marriage with such high hopes. We begin romances with such high hopes. We begin friendships with such high hopes. We begin workplace relationships with such high hopes. And then they start that way, and then they end in bitterness. Do any relationships make it? Fight for your lives. This is why the church is wobbling. We're wobbling about our identity. Who are we? What defines a human being? What makes us enough? What gives you worth and what gives you value? <coughs> Excuse me, I got a cold. We're wobbling about salvation. Like, what justifies us? What saves us? What changes your life? We're wobbling about justice. Well, who's justice? We're wobbling about mission. What is the mission? We're wobbling about sin. Well, what is sin? Who is condemned? We're wobbling about church. Is the church supposed to be a safe place, or is the church a place of accusation and condemnation? I don't know. Someone tell me. We're wobbling about unity, what unites us. We're wobbling about the Bible. Is the Bible sufficient, or do we need a more critical social theory? And then perhaps worst of all, we're wobbling about the gospel, right? The only thing, the only thing we have to offer, is it good news, <coughs> or is it good advice? Pastors now are quitting the ministry in alarming numbers. I know of four, four personally right now that have quit. I know of two personally right now that are seriously contemplating quitting the ministry. And that's just in our denomination. Fight for your lives. This is why the culture is so crazy. Right? I, don't you long for the good old days? I long for the good old days. What were the good old days? The good old days of pluralism. The good old days of true diversity. Where you could go to the marketplace of ideas and argue and debate because everyone thought eventually truth will rise to the surface. Oh, those good old days. Now the culture is more cultish. We'll tell you what to believe, and you'll like it. Fight for your lives. Is there another way to live? Is there another way to live? Please stand for the hearing of God's word. We're going at Matthew 28, 1 through 10, 16 through 20. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, <coughs> Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, remember, pay attention. There was a great earthquake. Well, why was there a great earthquake? For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came. In other words, 
he crossed the cosmos. An angel crossed the invisible world into the visible world. And when he did, it was like breaking the sound barrier. There was a cosmic snap, and the earth shook. And he rolled back the stone. He's not rolling back the stone for Jesus. He's not releasing Jesus from the tomb. He's rolling back the stone for you and me. Look, he's not there. And he sat on it. I absolutely love this. The original translation is, and he's sitting on it. I mean, this angel is chilling. Do you see this? He's not all serious. <coughs> he's not all like, he's not all concerned and serious like, fight for your lives. He's chilling like, it's over. It's done. We won. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. In other words, this is raw power. This is pure beauty. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Of course they did. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. In other words, the angel is saying, listen, do not be afraid. You're not just seeking any kind of Jesus. You're not just seeking the good teacher. You're not just seeking the miracle worker. You're not just seeking the activist. You're seeking, you're seeking the crucified, the Savior. He's not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. Again, like last week, notice who the first gospel preachers are. And behold, pay attention. He's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you so. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, pay attention. Jesus met them and said, greetings. This is incredible. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there you will see me. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. The literal translation is some hesitated. Of course they did. Can, everyone's confused. The commentators are confused. How can they worship and hesitate? As if you can't have both. But you and I know better because we live this Christian life. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go. This is a part of not the main verbal action, so don't look for, it's like this, as you go, as you do your life, as you go where God has called you, when you go to the places God has called you, go, do something, well, what do you do? Go, therefore, and make disciples, there it is, there's, there's the mission of the church, and notice it's one mission, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not a list, one mission. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. The second participle describing what make, making disciples looks like. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them. The third and final participle, characterizing, describing what making disciples looks like. To observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, pay attention. I'm with you always, to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. I'm going to grab some water. All right, let's pray. 
Lord, um, we ask, we ask that you would show forth your holiness, all the incomparableness of you in this passage, in this text, that you would give us a textual holiness that is so breathtaking. Uh, we would be just like these ladies. We would go forth just like these disciples. We pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, fight for your lives. Is there another way to live? But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. He is not here. He has risen. There's another king. This king loves his kingdom. His land. His people. And this king's kingdom is invaded by an enemy, a dark power, an undefeated horror. Initial reports are devastating. Death, destruction, desolation. No one survives. All turns to ash. But this is a good king. And so he rides to meet the darkness. He rides to meet the enemy. The enemy never had a chance. Complete, total, absolute obliteration. Massacre. Utter defeat. Sheer carnage. No one survives. Not one enemy. Fight for your lives. Is there another way to live? Yes. Yes. The way of all hail King Jesus. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. They're running. Can you see it, man? It says, how many times does this text say quickly run? They're running. The adrenaline is pumping. They're driven by fear and they're driven by joy. They don't even know what is going on. They can't comprehend fully what's going on. They're running. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of their running, behold, pay attention, the text says, Jesus shows up. The text says he met them. The literal translation is he met them in friendship because the word met is in the context of a friend meeting his friends. And so you have this, all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. And he not only shows up and meets them in friendship, he speaks friendship to them. He says, greetings. This is beyond hello. This is wide, warm welcome. This is absolute acceptance. If Paul was here, he'd go, justification. If Luther was here, he'd go, the doctrine by which the church stands or falls. The engine, the power of the church. It's justification. Jesus justifies them right on the spot. 
And so you got to ask yourself, as I was asking myself, because I'm asking questions of the text all the time. What is this king's heart like? I mean, when he thinks about me, when he looks at me, when he considers me, when he sees me right now, what's his heart like towards me? What's his heart like towards you right now? What is the, what is the blood that pumps through his veins towards you right now? And the answer is, he is saying, I am your friend. Jeff, I'm your friend. Greetings, Karen. I'm your friend. So don't miss this. The first thing the king does, fresh from the field of victory, fresh from the field of winning, fresh from the field of being the champion and conquering and obliterating all the dark powers, the first thing he does from crushing the enemy. What enemies are we talking about? How about sin's punishment? Crushed. How about sin's power? Crushed. How about sin's shame? Crushed. How about sin's fear? How about sin's accusation? It's despair. It's death. Crushed, 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 crushed. Obliterated. And the first thing he does is meet his friends. He suddenly shows up. I am your friend. Believe this. Absolute acceptance. Believe this. Fight for your lives means it's not over. It's never over. So be more. Be this. Do more. Do this. The gospel says it's over. It's finished. Believe this. Fight for your lives. Is there another way to live? And they came and they took hold of this feet. Of course they did because they couldn't help it. You see, they are absolutely in a flat-out sprint. He shows up and he sees them. He speaks greetings to them. He justifies them. They fall on their faces. They fall at his feet. They fall to the champion's feet. They fall to the king's feet. And they worshiped him. In other words, all hail King Jesus. There's another way to live. All hail King Jesus. And Jesus came and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, pay attention. I am with you always. I'm not with you sometimes. I'm with you always. Not just when you're mean. Not just when you feel good. I'm with you always. When I'm suffering, I'm with you always. When I'm sad, I'm with you always. When I'm mad, I'm with you always. When I'm a jerk, I'm with you always. When I'm lonely, I'm with you always. In my marriage, I'm with you always. I'm struggling with a child, I'm with you always. 
when the culture's crazy, So here's King Jesus standing on the battlefield with all authority, all power, total triumph, a complete, comprehensive salvation victory. All hail King Jesus in heaven and on earth. And now we get it. Now we get it. It's like deep in our bones. We now get it. It's over. It's finished. It's done. It's accomplished. He won. All hail King Jesus. And then now we know what the mission is. Now we know what the mission is. And we say to the king, oh, king, send me. Please send me. Send me. Send me. Let me run. Let me run. And the king says what? Run home. Run to your work. Run to your kids. Run to your spouse. Run to your school. Run to your city. Run. And when the watchmen are on the wall, they see you running. And they go, those are beautiful feet. It must be. Good news. I told my daughter this. I told her this last week. I said, we were talking about how the Christian life is, it's like you believe in Jesus at one level and you don't at far deeper levels and other areas of your life. And, and she was just struggling with how can she believe him here and not believe him there and how can she just be getting things after, you know, 20 long years of living. <laughs> I said, honey, you need to know something. I just, last Sunday, had like a moment where God broke through and I actually got viscerally, experientially, my call. Couldn't, I couldn't shake a picture from last Sunday's service of all hail King Jesus and me actually saying, oh, I get it. Send me. Can I run? Please let me run. I'm running. I'm absolutely running. 
fight for your lives. Is there another way to live? You bet there is. All hail King Jesus.